0: Hey. rolling hey guys welcome to the afterlife we got mike falzone and tommy Wegfield because tommy Wegfield is a friend of mike's yes and yes. mike said he'd feel happier if tommy was here
1: i'm better when tommy's around
0: just in general <laughs> in life <laughs> yes you ever, has tommy ever been to the house my house? Yeah. God, no. Oh, yeah. My so house? That's my wait. home? <laughs> <is it? laughs> no, no, come on. It's like out in the streets Never, at the Laugh Factory. I'll to
1: invite him. Tommy to the same <laughs> public place I'm in, and I'll say, come hang out with me at this very public place. I <laughs> <laughs>
0: went to his neighborhood one time, though. Whoa. He did.
1: I, le- I do let him near my home. I'm getting close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting close. You, yeah. know?
0: you can go near his home, but you can't go in 500 feet of a school. I Tommy. wouldn't he trust him with <laughs> my wife alone with my wife. With your wife? What? Do you yeah. think Tommy's got like the sn- sneak pimp game going on? I know it for sure. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just plays dumb with me. Dude, like, one um, time I don't know what's going on.
1: One time Tommy went to France or something and he made out with an aunt. Remember that? <laughs> aunt? <laughs> Didn't that happen? Whose aunt? Someone's um, aunt, someone's French aunt. That's, yeah, you know, I was like traveling abroad
2: company. and uh there was a there was a convention almost of just You know, older women. Yeah. They were meeting up, and uh, I think just the stars aligned, and I ended up, you know. Are you trying to
0: seduce me, Mrs. Robinson?
2: (laughs) You know.
1: You got Mrs. Robinson.
0: Lip on lip by the couple older ladies. ladies. You know (laughs) that reference. Of
2: course, the
1: graduate. All I'm
0: right, a film. Well, oh, that's buff. right. You're
2: buff. So, what it's, I'm
1: saying is, my wife is older than Tommy. Uh-huh. So, I'm worried that he has this <laughs> young boy charm. Something
0: that he uses about on older the
2: women, they can't resist. <laughs> Once my age, it's more difficult.
0: <laughs> By the way, it, he's limber. When you get older as a man, the women your age will all of a sudden be attracted to you miraculously. Ooh. I don't know how it happens. Women your own age? No, like 24 year old women who would never date me now yeah. hit on me, which is so bizarre. Because hmm. now I'm different. I'm a different breed. It sounds
1: like you're complaining about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it a hard?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mike, I just have to say, out of the gate. First of all, Mike came here before. This is your second or third attempt? Second, second. The first, he was one of the first guests I had on the podcast. Yeah. Because uh, I wanted you on, Mike, because you're one of these people. I hate saying a dumb phrase like, you exploded onto the scene. Oh, boy. Because that Ooh. sounds really stupid. But you're definitely someone who's sort of, um, I didn't know about you as a comic, and all of a sudden, like, you were here. And mm-hmm. You were a comic, and you were funny, and you were running shows, and you had a pr- you had an online presence and a media presence. And I was like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Because I didn't know you from YouTube or whatever mm-hmm. platforms that you were kind of blown up on. Did
1: you want to fight me?
0: No, I you know I, I will say this, and this is part of the reason why I do this podcast. I don't have that nature. I don't have a weird competitive. You don't I swear want to, to fight God. me at all. I don't. <laughs> want to fight. Oh, I, I I want to fight a lot of people. But, That's why he came onto the podcast. But not, yeah. not people. Not people. Um, like I, I always just admire comics who who create their world. So I know we we talked about a little bit of podcast. So maybe we could splice in some of the, the backstory if we wanted to. But like you're um, you've been doing comics for how long now? Oh man like since the first
1: time I did it, it was probably like 12 years, but I couldn't do it on a consistent basis where I was at in Connecticut. So consistently like going at it like you're supposed to go at it, probably like seven
0: years. Oh, seven years, okay. Yeah. Um, since I've been here. And that's right. So so just to catch people up on, on sort of your bona fides and where you're coming from, um, I don't want to say like give me your story from birth till now, but w- but mm-hmm. a, a quick uh, spark notes or Cliff Notes uh, versions. I should be pretty good at this by now. Uh, <laughs> <did> it, <laughs> I know I, I know up was very rote, and people don't want to like. I was born a small black child, or whatever <laughs> right. it is. But um, <laughs> no, I have a different story. Yeah. Um.
1: So I was a musician from Connecticut. And Did you always want to be a musician since you a always wanted to be a musician from Connecticut. For some just reason, like I think Ryan. of you
0: as a four year old with tattoos.
1: Oh, what? A four year
0: old? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just can't imagine you not ever having tattoos in First your
1: life. First one I got one. I was
0: 18, I think. 18, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so I was a musician, and uh, that's why I started putting stuff on YouTube in 2006 was just to promote music. It was another place. Your own, to own
0: original, that, you were a singer songwriter?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was like mp3.com mm-hmm. and like. Um, MySpace or LimeWire? The was lime LimeWire, Wire, you'd put your stuff on LimeWire and just pray to God somebody searched for <laughs> it. <laughs> if they um, missed the porn. And they get porn regardless, yeah. we'd send them porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when YouTube popped up, it was just another place to put music. And then the older I got, I kind of. Uh, the order's a little fucked up. But um, I started talking to the camera more. And then. When I was 26, I had this health scare where I almost died twice in a month. What? And then after that, I started doing this thing. It, it's called vlogging now. But vlogging. I would do these walk and talk videos where they were kind of like, they were funny, but they were very earnest. And the whole point behind them was that I wanted to save people. People time. I thought that was the most valuable thing you could do to somebody else's save them time. Because I was just in the hospital and I didn't know if I was coming out. And I got like super scared.
0: Can you tell us a little, briefly touch on what what was this the illness uh, or what?
1: So it was like uh, it was appendix stuff. But they got it too late and my appendix ru- uh, ruptured on the operating table. So wow. that's like breaking a bag of poison in you mm. and you uh, could die. For, I, I got like a sepsis of yeah. my entire body. You could die from sepsis. And then they got all that cleared out. I was like fucking in this hospital bed and I was tethered to this hospital bed by like f- uh, three or four IVs at one point. So I it was like the lowest point in my life. I was super bummed out. I got out of the hospital, had to go back in because I got a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in your lungs, was which is Was that connected the other
0: to thing. the uh, appendix bursting? I burst think thing?
1: like something with the surgery or an yeah. infection or something like that. So almost died two times in about two or three weeks. Had like kidney stones at this time just mm, to like Jesus. kick myself in the ass. So it was very bad time. So I was a musician obviously at all this time, <clears throat> all during this time. Now can I ask
0: you, were you doing – because every musician I know is always having some experience or battles with drugs and alcohol. Were you Were you uh, clean? No, no, were you, no, no, you no. always been kind of clean in that I area? I mean,
1: I would smoke weed every now and again, but I never. That doesn't still, count. Still, I've never done anything above weed, even natural things. Like, everyone gets on my case for not doing mushrooms. or. Really? Like, I've never done anything
0: but. Are you interested in something psychedelic?
1: Um, I, I like hearing about the experiences, but I don't. I, I don't think it's something that I want for yeah. me. Um, the people who get mad at me for not doing mushrooms are like, dude, they say that you only have this experience either like when something traumatic happens. Like it opens up a part of your mind. And I felt like getting really sick and almost dying kind of did that. Absolutely. It gave wow. me dude. perspective, you know. Yeah. So then I started putting this stuff on YouTube that was very um, like people would ask me for advice and I would just try to. If I had some kind of contact with that in my own life, I would try to make these videos and save people. And time. these are
0: just talking videos. Yeah, so you were kind of like almost l- doing the the YouTube vlog or the live stream before it was really a thing. Yeah, yeah, because two thousand and six, YouTube was fresh on the scene.
1: yeah. Uh, and it, it evolved over time. So I was doing a lot of this around two thousand, probably five ish is when it started to pick up a lot of steam. So, Do you remember
0: the moment where uh, w- one in particular vlog you did just started getting traction, started building, yeah. like, click, click? There's click.
1: this one called uh, Why Women Date Assholes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it has, like, almost a half a million views. And that's wow. my most popular one that's ever. That was the first one. It got, like, on the front page of Reddit. Oh, wow. And uh, and all these people were talking about it. Do you remember what you said in it? no. <laughs> I, you know, what I could kind of pride myself on is like I've had a pretty long. I've been on this fucking website forever, and I was looking back at stuff, and there's there's cringy stuff because I either wasn't funny or talented for a yeah. long, long time. But there's no like a problematic stuff. Yeah. And I was kind of proud of myself. Really? For that. Well, that's yeah. also
0: something I I admire about you. You're not necessarily a clean comic, but you definitely represent to me one of the uh, the woke the woker. Hmm. generation of comics like just
1: try not to be an asshole i don't i don't do anything on purpose i had a good upbringing and they were like don't be an asshole but you know i (laughs) think i think
0: i had a good upbringing too but i definitely am unable (laughs) to stop myself from saying provocative things yeah um in a way that (laughs) if anything were to happen really big for me there'd be problems (laughs) i mean nothing nothing terrible like i don't have anything where i'm just like yeah man you should rape a woman although someone's gonna take that out of context and be like Bill says you should write. Anyway, I don't say <laughs> anything like that, but definitely jokes that are f- racially flat-footed. Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: but you, I always since I started seeing you, like when I, when I see you now, I know that that's part of the package. You know, like it's part of your
0: thing. You know what I mean? Part of your charm. Yeah, I guess so, but I also don't know what you mean. Well, I also feel like, <laughs> but I also feel that there's a part of me that's like, wow, I should definitely evolve in such a way that none of my comedy uh, can be offensive to a marginalized group. Yeah, I, I think about that. Mm-hmm. I do think about that, and then there's the devil in my shell. was like, fuck that, Bill. Make fun of those motherfuckers. Anyway, huh. so okay, <laughs> so so who, back to you. So who this hurt you.
1: <laughs> who pushed you down? <laughs> <laughs> somebody push you down. At some,
0: <laughs> I'm actually thinking about it right now. Yeah, like, that's why. I, asked. I mean, obviously, somebody hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see my apartment? So I think that um, <laughs> I, I think you know, I, okay. I'll be honest with you, and w- mm-hmm. then we'll go back to you. H- here's the deal with me. I think, and this is cognitive behavioral therapy for real. I've done some. D- I should smoke some weed while I talk about it. <laughs> um, I had a really really bad speech impediment as a kid grew up poor. I mm. had really, really bad acne. My dad cut my hair. All my clothes were my brother's hand-me-downs. Yeah. Uh, and I had chronic tonsillitis, so I'd, I had speech-chiped my dish, and I had and really bad that chronic sucks. acne. And, and I w- looked poor. So my whole life, nobody listened to me. Uh-huh. And I didn't want to talk in public. And people thought I was stupid. People would call me stupid, or people would ignore and dismiss me. Uh-huh. So the mantra that got created in my head was, Listen to me, I'm smart and it became this isn't conscious. This is shit like in therapy, going back and finding the mantra yeah. that fueled me to move forward, which also slowly killed me. Which is listen so then like what do I do? I became I became an actor, I became a writer, I became a uh. dancer, I became a, a fucking comic. Everything was some manifestation of fucking listen to me. So, as I was telling Tommy about doing Chocolate Sunny's in Oakland, as I was doing the Chocolate Sunny in Oakland show in front of a 98% black audience, and I feel them not listen to me. I go, I'm gonna make them fucking listen to me. Mm-hmm. And so I go with the most racially flat-footed. <laughs> which you look, there's a difference. Is it a racial joke? Is it a racist joke? It's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Do they like it? it uh, <laughs> 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 I mean, they threw me y- out. It, <laughs> gets, it gets a laugh. Now, it, it, have you done a lot of urban rooms before? Is that um, anything that you've kind of exp- explored?
1: Uh sometimes like the the haha will be more of a non-white crowd when i do it
0: and what is your heritage are you just are you just i'm italian you're italian italian and greek i love how like italians can if you ask them the white, they're like i'm italian like that's a different type of white motherfucker it kind of is yeah
1: i've been trying to um put my finger on it and i didn't think it was such a big deal because i grew up with so many italians and then i move out here and there's there's not any, there's but, not but there's more like straight up white people. Like Tommy's the whitest, you know, like you guys very are, are very white and I'm also <laughs> white. I'm not separating myself, <laughs> but there was more like a, uh,
2: but we couldn't grow beards. You know what I mean? We're that type of
1: white, like Italian kids hung out with each other. Yeah. And it was kind it's kind of started because you're all Italian.
0: Yeah. It's a cultural thing yeah, that yeah, is yeah. separate from just being there's
1: white. There's like a, it's more like, um, it's like Jewish light. Right. It's like we're very close with our families, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like guilt sometimes, and yeah. the families are, you know, more so in the generation behind mine because I had a pretty uh, easy go as far as parents go. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I mean, still white guy, but Italian for whatever that means.
0: <laughs> have you done your DNA?
1: No, but testing. my parents did, so I feel like I don't
0: have to. You don't have to. That's the yeah. cheap. Anything way. <laughs> Anything fun friends.
1: about it? Um. No, it's like what everybody thought. There's a little bit. My wife teases me. My wife is 100% Albanian. Uh-huh. Um, and she teases me because there's a very little uh, like Balkan or Albanian in there. And I'm always trying to like separate myself. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm
0: Italian. I'm Italian. You know, and we uh. have
1: this back and forth. Like, a <laughs> nope, little
0: bit. Yeah, that's cool. My my DNA tree or whatever, c- cloud of whatever the fuck <laughs> it's called. Am I how so I? anyway. 23 me shows a map of the world. Uh-huh. and says where your people are from and it's literally the <laughs> smallest fucking area. <laughs> it's like Scotland and Ireland and like a little bit of Wales like right there that's all you got. I'm wow. like e- everything? Yeah. And then there's 7 or 8% Nor- Norwegian. But your yeah. parents
1: were were first generation or uh second? My second. mom was like yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um all the
2: Scottish people we got a little Norwegian in it cuz they came over and they did what they liked.
1: Yeah, sometimes the people will come over.
0: <laughs> sometimes the people will come over. If, t- and you if just
1: history has taught us anything. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the people will move over. People in. come over. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> so uh, w- when you're doing the- you're doing these video blogs and yes. why women like do you have a do you have an opinion about why women like assholes for Tommy Young Wakefield?
1: Um I think what I talked about in the video were, was that people, especially women tend to want to fix someone or think mm. that they could fix someone so they'll take in a certain like they'll lower the bar a little bit because mm-hmm. they're like well I can make it better yeah and that was kind of my feeling at the time
0: yeah they'll take in a, a bird with a broken wing and has a big dick
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've learned that big dicks are important that was the <laughs> latter half of the. <laughs> it's why you're a rock star
2: <laughs> follow up years later
0: <laughs> yeah, um,
1: turns yeah. out it's all about guys here's the short version <laughs> 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 too long did not read
0: so uh so at this point you're still in connecticut <laughs> yeah and you're doing these videos mm-hmm. and they're just advice from friends or did you have like a dear abby type of column going How you? i remember get the i had a i had a tumblr open and uh i just got these
1: anonymous questions like years of anonymous questions at one point my facebook inbox my tumblr inbox my twitter it was all just like anonymous normally relationship questions and i went through a couple shitty relationships and i i I pride myself on like i never talked out of my ass about anything like i never talked about shit i had no experience with but if i had a little bit of an experience with or some perspective on it then i would try to like help so i wouldn't answer everything i would just answer what i thought i could Yeah. And I think that resonated trying not to be like a fake over the top YouTube personality is what I think resonated with a lot of people. And those are the people who, like, thankfully will come see me on the road and stuff. Yeah. And I've met like they all kind of have this similar thing about them where they're all very down to earth and chill and like cool. And they all kind of get it. So I don't have like a million people, but I have this group of people who are like they they get it and I'm very thankful for So if you
0: had that. fans from two thousand five that are still around and you're still Once in, touch in a while with?
1: somebody will come and be like I've been watching you since I was like fourteen or something mm. like and that. And
0: they'll say things like you got me through my parents' divorce and like
1: Something shit like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. That's really amazing. I think what's, amazing. what's interesting
2: yeah. is like um your YouTube videos are all about kinda like answering questions for mm-hmm. people and connecting with them. And I think a lot of your stand up mm-hmm. is similar in that way. Like you oh, do man. a lot of the crowd work stuff and it's all kinda like You're trying to connect with the people who came to see you yeah, and really address them individually and personally. And I think, you know, that's pretty cool.
1: And like, you know, that's my favorite thing in the world. And I just think it's cool that like, yeah, sometimes you eat shit, but that's like the fun part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that people really appreciate as much as like I think we talked about this the first time is like as much as the stand up. As like a trimming the fat I'm going to use the least amount of words To make the biggest amount of impact And make you think Like that's a fucking art and a craft And like I have all the respect in the world for that But I also like going in there And the audience knows that They're never going to see the same show twice Sure It kind of already puts them all in a Okay this is our experience Everyone in the room is connected by this thing Yes Not to say that they're not on the scripted stuff But like these people could all fail miserably because they're not starting with anything yes
0: i like that i I like that too i think that that maybe the reason rock music has such more of an audience engagement than comedy does other than i think music does in general but because any rock show no rock show will be remotely the same Mm -hmm. even if the set list is the exact same Every rock show, they're going to move to a different place on the stage. They're going to do, like, jumps, whatever the fucking rock people do. Mm-hmm. They're going to take their dick out at different points. Yeah, dig out um, jumps. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's something in the nature of a rock show that is not going to be that choreographed. However, you will see some comics, and at my worst, I would accuse myself of this, who sometimes have almost indistinguishable sets.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: And even when you're, perf- you're making a special, you're filming your special – you are trying to replicate the exact same set two or three times, yeah, so they can be edited together.
1: But even think about when like think about when you have 10 or 15 minutes that like is relatively new, but you've gotten it to the point where it works all the time. Yeah, and you're just so excited and it's nice and it can be comfortable because like that works top to bottom. Yeah. And there's really no reason unless you truly want to get better, like there's no reason to just not do that until you're completely sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's not I totally get the feeling of like you want to replicate the set because everything is like you're excited about everything and it's working. Like but why think, would you not want to do I
0: think that? as as a comic, if you're um if you're a good comic, I think if two years go by where your main centerpiece hasn't changed. Yeah. Then you really got to have a come to Jesus moment, or at least like slap yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and speaking for myself too.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Because um, I know like my my vegan my vegan lunch centerpiece has been like I'm like well I'm just off shooting other jokes off of it, but then yeah. it becomes a crutch. So you are you mostly focused on doing crowd work?
1: I don't. Um, I just know that. Uh there was a big part of my music career where I would have to do it all the time. Yeah. So I know that I could always do it. So yeah. it's not like a folk. I love doing it, but it's not like a, I have to get better at crowd work type thing. Sure. It's just like this thing that I have, but what I it, always am trying to get better at the writing
0: jokes. Got and it. So w- in terms of crowd work, do you have a, a th- I don't know, advice or, cause I think crowd work for a lot of comics is, is super scary. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm good at crowd work, I know that I I I do it a lot. Yeah, Because yeah, you've been yeah. you've, you know been doing for fourteen years. Of course, you're yeah. doing a lot. But like, I've seen you do good crowd work. Um, but I don't have. I think who's it? Who's the Jimmy Brogan has this thing? He goes. I repeat these three questions: uh-huh. What's your name? Where are you from? And what do you do? Okay. And you can always find something from those three questions, right? And he has a very like mathematical formula regarding it. But when you do crowd work, do you? Is there no parachute? Do you? go in not having like are you just so quick that like you know you'll find you you trust that you'll find something or do you have an idea about what you're doing when you go into the audience
1: so you know uh, okay so I guess first of all I just try to I try to ask questions and I'll ask more normal questions and then I'll ask like something weird or something worded in a weird way And then, like, I tell people who are nervous to do my show, for example, to just, like, listen. I think when I fuck up is when I'm trying to think of the joke before I even really ingest any of that information. Yeah. But if you sit down like you're having just a regular conversation or doing a podcast, like, you're listening to each other and responding and, like, being respectful. And, like, that's when the best... Thoughts come is when you, you're actually engaged in the conversation. Yeah. So I'm like, don't think about what jokes you want to say. Just listen. Cause I, I book really funny people. So I'm like, I booked you cause you're funny. Like, you're not going to fail if you just respond like you would respond. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so yes. that's kind of how I think about that.
0: Yeah. And I think that a lot of uh, uh, crowd work involves vulnerability mm-hmm because you're having a connection or trying to establish a connection with someone. And when you're vulnerable, it's automatically funny yeah because i've always said that laughter is really laughter isn't what laughter is laughter is basically we think laughter is one thing but laughter is a defense mechanism Mm. laughter is like from chimpanzees warding off invading chimpanzees Mm -hmm. or predators laughter is like (laughs) get the fuck away from me motherfuckers so it is all about vulnerability and it's all about like weird defense mechanisms that we've now made part of like a cultural thing but um so when you're, when you're doing crowd work, have you ever had any moments that have, uh, I know you said nothing, you've done your vlogs, have you ever had a moment where you're like, oops, or you went too far, or you pissed someone off, or anything like that happened? No, I think
1: at that point, like when you're engaged with a comedy audience, it's like everyone knows everybody's kidding. Yeah. I don't know, I haven't had any complaints. Yeah. I just try, I don't know, whatever's within my regular character, I guess.
0: Yeah. I try not to... And was that something mm. that you always sort of looked at in terms of your comedy, and, uh, how you use language and being thoughtful and careful with it? Or is it something that now that you're a married man and you're one of the few sort of mature people among us? <laughs> Dude, I
1: honestly don't even put that much thought into it. So when I started writing comedy in Connecticut, I had, um, uh, I I took a course. Oh, and a comedy writing course yeah, or a yeah, stand-up yeah. comedy course? a stand-up yeah. course. And uh, I remember she always told me just because I was in my twenties and a white guy uh, doesn't mean I have to be an asshole, right? Uh. And I brought in three notebooks and I I was just reading stuff. I was like, is this funny? Is this funny? And she like closed the notebooks at one point and she was like, you know, just because you're white and twenty five or whatever. You don't have to be an asshole. Everyone wow. thinks they have to be an asshole and you don't. <laughs> and then for a long time I I heard that every time I wrote a joke for wow. like years. And I was like, well, I could be an asshole. And I know the things that like make my friends laugh and, you know, things that guys in their mid to late 20s laugh at all the time. Like I could do that or I could like. Put a little bit more thought into it and try to like when people try not to swear. Like that's a that's a skill if you're somebody who swears. Yeah, you know, trying to find the best language. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that and trying not to. I don't
0: know. No, that makes a lot of sense. And you are a married man. Yes. Me and Tommy are both single. Mm. And it's always whenever a comic (laughs) is a good comic, successful comic, is married. It's always, uh, it, it, it's it's almost like I look at you like a zoo animal. Like, how, yeah. what's the, because it's sort of, so many comics are so fucked up in their relationships, so yeah. unable to maintain one. What's the key there? What would, what would you say? Well, is, is it just finding you, the right when person? When you like
1: each other, it's the, <laughs> it tends to work out. I don't know, man. She, uh. How
0: I'm did that relationship evolve? How did how it, did, in your comedy career, while you were doing comedy?
1: Um. She's just very supportive and she's like crazy independent.
0: Yeah. So that's a great combination.
1: Yeah. She was always like, do whatever the fuck you're going to do. And she moved out here with me. She was like, if you're going to do it, do it. When I first moved out here, uh, and I think I've talked to you about this before, but I, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of family on the East Coast. Yeah. So when I moved out here at like 27 or whatever it was, I was very um, sad because uh, mm. I have this huge, like, support system. I knew what I was doing over there. Then I come over here, and obviously, like, you're the littlest fish in the pond. And, and she wasn't like, here with you at this point? Or no, she, uh, she came, like, a week after okay. I got here. Um, but we essentially moved out here at the same time. And uh, no one gives a fuck about you, and everyone's, like, especially in stand-up, everyone's actively, like, don't be here. Already <laughs> too many. Get the fuck out. <laughs> And um, and then I started doing open mics and I had some terrible experiences at open mics where I was just bombing and like I thought I was funny in Connecticut. that I come out here with all the best people and uh, and I'm not doing well. And some people were like not nice to me during that.
0: Whatever. Can you give us examples without naming names.
1: No, I'm not going to name names because I saw the guy recently and I told him this story. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like something I would do. But I'm very <laughs> thankful. So anyway, basically, I had some bad experiences and I was like, I just got frustrated. And I was like, I can't fucking I got like shook, you know? Yeah. And um, and so I was home for a couple months. I didn't do stand up for like three months. And at one point, Zoya, my wife, was like, uh, there's. Like, why did we move out here? Like, you, we didn't move 3,000 miles away so you could not do stand-up. Yeah. And it was kind of like a slap in the face. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. And that was the start of my, like, oh, I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I came out here, like, I got a little shook in the beginning. But then you get focused. And, like, I came out here with my fucking best friend. And no one else really matters to a certain extent. And I came out here to, to be funny and to learn this skill that hopefully I'll be able to do like for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of see where it goes. But if you're, you know, we all did it. If you're going to give yourself the, the best chance at something like you only get one life and then it goes back to the hospital stuff and, yeah. And having some perspective there, it's like one of these times we're going to go into the hospital and not come back out. Yeah. And, Mm. uh, so what do you do with the time in the middle? And now we're, in the city doing this crazy thing and it's not fair all the time, but it's the, it's the best thing. Yeah. It's the best thing.
0: What was your uh, moment where you first felt like you not cracked the code, but kind of broke into the LA comedy scene? Was there a club that you got passed on or a show that you had or something that you talked to? I feel like a lot of comics have a story of like, you know what? I, I had a tough set and then, Chris Rock said you're funny or Jim yeah. Gaffigan said you're like someone it's always about like
1: yeah it's when people start to be nice to you yeah um, when people who don't have to be nice to you start to do you be nice to you do you have any specific
0: moments you remember like that
1: um, Santino was always very nice to me I think I was a little tag along for a while but he was yeah. always very supportive and nice uh, Kirk Fox is really the first like store regular who gave me a compliment that I felt like was genuine yeah And then people like Jesus Trejo, who are just amazing comedians and amazing people. Yeah. Um, You were very nice to me. And that gave me confidence because during my first couple months out here, I would tag along with Santino and just go see show. I was, uh, you know, a little lonely, no friend, sad boy. So I (laughs) he was like, whenever you want to come see me, just say my name at the door and you can come in. So I would go see him basically every night of the week I would see him and Dalia and you were on a lot of the shows here. Yeah. So you became in my mind synonymous with this place. Yeah. And uh, to the point where I thought you were on every show for a while.
0: It used to be like that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was here
1: for that. <laughs> no, I watched no, that. No,
0: okay.
1: Um but uh I forgot what we were fucking talking well, about.
0: Well I was talking about like how you felt like the first moment where you broke into the Scene, are you? Felt oh, like, yeah, it's now I'm a part about, of the community. Or it,
1: what's cool, the only part of the code that I think I cracked is if you do well in front of people, as long as they're not jealous of you, they'll respect you. Yeah, and I've never gotten further faster. Everyone's like, Well, how do you do this? How do you get booked over here? I've never gotten further faster than uh, doing very, very well in front of people who are peers that you respect or people who book shows or, or whatever. So that's nice, especially being in YouTube. It's like the things that Excel now in YouTube are, are different than what they used to. And it's not necessarily, I don't know a different type of thing gets the rocket up its ass. And it used to be like a canvas for stuff and very, um, it felt like if you did a good thing, uh, chances are it would do good because people would appreciate how good it is. Yeah. And I think less and less stuff is like that. Like, you could buy views on YouTube. You could buy views on, on Facebook. You could boost a post. But, like, stand-up is, like, if you do good, people will respect you for doing good. And it's, that's very pure and nice. Yeah.
0: No, that like some of sense. So is your YouTube presence – I haven't really checked out your YouTube. Are you still as active as you used to be? Or I do two seat?
1: videos a week. Okay. Um, and the views – have been like going down consistently for like a long time, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And uh, what do you think they are? Well, it's not for lack of trying, that's for
0: sure. Yeah, and not f- not for lack of your ability to perform and tell jokes and yeah p- connect. And um, is it just that people want something more?
1: I think people uh, watch different things, and I've switched gears. Since starting in 2006, like it was, I have a handful of people, a couple tens of thousands of people subscribed to me because I did covers of their favorite songs. Yeah. And then I, you know, start giving advice to the audience. So you're like, okay, do you want to come for this completely different ride than the (laughs) one uh, you signed up for? And now it's like, I kind of do a variation of what I was doing in the middle, but also. The stand-up stuff yeah so it's like do you wanna be a ri- uh, around for all these rides
0: um yeah w- uh, I did yeah there's a there's a cat that that is a the a owner sec. when he hears the owner coming yeah he starts meowing like that but so that's, like that's like a kid
1: that's like a it that sounds cat. like a kid yeah I
2: know right <laughs> very vocal yeah you, that. you know what I heard the other day that cats don't have an instinct to communicate like that. Like, dogs have an instinct to communicate with humans yeah. and get emotions. But cats, each cat makes up its own unique language really? depending on the owner. Like, it's a very thought-out...
0: Depending on the owner?
2: Yeah, like, every single cat communicates in a different way with humans based upon the experiences that they've had. Wow, that's so crazy. Something yeah. something... That must
1: be such a lonely lady <laughs> <laughs> And th- this cat
0: is really... Talking like a person was, yeah. yeah, straight that up. Cat is Anyways, so back to the YouTube. So it's fu- Mike. I did a thing mid podcast cat facts. <laughs> <laughs> Good side. Cat yeah. facts. Uh, do you know who Trisha Paytas is? Um, I feel like I've heard. She's name big of on the YouTubes.
1: Okay. Oh, she is that the the blonde lady? The
0: blonde lady, the buxom blonde yeah, lady. She she's a Jesus
1: controversy a queen. Yes.
0: And she was, uh, she was dating along a guy for a while named jason nash <coughs> who's okay. jason who's and then he's partners with david devarick or dovrick or whatever they're big dobre U- dobre they're big youtube I've stars heard, i've
1: heard some of these names
0: so she is a friend of mine and she said i want you to do a youtube video with me yeah now i felt like because i'm from like old school roll your sleeves up get paid three hundred dollars a week to do off-broadway <laughs> like i am an artist pure and pure i will not s- but i'm also going like i could use some goddamn exposure right now yeah 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 so the video we did was a uh try not to spit water challenge that's fine and you put the water in your mouth you try to make them la- oh try not to laugh challenge yeah
1: we've all done it
0: um and of course you know then you go down the rabbit hole of looking at the comments <laughs> and the amount of people that say look fucking ugly or retarded or I wasn't funny or whatever it's always yeah. did, did, but it sounds like the YouTube brand that you created didn't engender any of that at all um, I mean did you get did you ever get the hate was it ever anything that? not you, really Yeah,
1: not really from from like my consistent audience is not like that
0: but as you were getting into a bigger audience did yeah, the like trolls sometimes start coming in I like think when you're on the front page of Reddit for yeah example? yeah
1: exactly that's exactly where some of that stuff comes from and I haven't – I'm sure there are negative comments, but after a certain point, it's like – I don't know. It's like y- the time you're spent looking at the comments, like you could be writing jokes or you could
0: be yes. doing
1: something else productive, you know. And then it just becomes noise after a while and yeah, it's like how much are you going to let that uh,
0: – Yeah. Now, in terms of the brands of things that you do, have you – do you combine your comedy with your music or have you thought about that in the Adam no. Sandler type of vein? There or?
1: was a um, – There was a transitional period where I wrote like two or three funny songs and I would do my singer-songwriter stuff, but then like crowd work in between. And I actually came out with a record called Zebediah Zebra Pants. When I moved Zebediah (laughs) Zebra Pants. (laughs) Yeah, there was this whole – it was fun. Uh, I don't know where (laughs) that is now, to be totally honest. But uh, it was a live record and it was kind of the transition from one to the other. And then I put out this record called Almost Half Serious, which was two records when I was still in Connecticut, and one was like singer songwriter, kind of popish, yeah, whatever type stuff, and then the other half was comedy songs. Huh. And there's an intro when each of them start, and that intro is from uh, Santino. He sent it to me from here, where he's like this New Zealand guy, and he's like the host of the show. And it's supposed to be, like, I pop in on my own show or
0: something yeah like yeah that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, no one ever heard that stuff.
0: You haven't? You No plans to release it? No, it's all released. Just oh no one is. ever heard <laughs> it. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is but, good. Um,
1: I don't know. I wrote a couple comedy songs, and I was like, oh, these are all just about, like, sex or, uh, like, weird, like, cheap, easy, dumb
0: jokes. What's wrong with Cheap, Easy, and Dumb, guys? I mean, <laughs> what? Are we not doing <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, no, right. Cheap, Easy, and Dumb is bad. Right?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, nah, man. I just didn't want to play those after a while.
0: So uh, at this point, it doesn't even interest you to kind of like... No, I
1: have a guitar that I haven't touched in forever. Really?
0: Yeah. So even just just you strumming along... Doesn't happen. Years. Wow.
1: It, just w- it was such a big part of my life for yeah. so long, like played guitar every day had a fucking residency in new york city from connecticut and like yeah made that drive all the time and now i don't even
0: is it something that you kind of quit cold turkey or you just do you miss it
1: sometimes i miss like being loud with my friends yeah in like a sweaty room where people are like into (laughs) that and then once in a while like playing acoustically you'd it would be, like, real quiet, and you would get a cool vibe or, like, play with pedals in a nice way that was, like, soothing and cool. Yeah. But comedy feels—I get a lot of that from comedy, and mm-hmm. I don't have a, um, what, for me, was a crutch sometimes. Like, the music was a barrier. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: It's a barrier between you and the audience, in a way. I it's mean like,
1: if I wasn't singing good, or if I was forgetting lyrics, if I could still, like, make it sound okay, people would be like, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. But now it's just, like, you with a microphone.
0: There was a, a trend for a while. I haven't really seen a guitar comic in a while. Morgan J.
2: I know a few. Morgan J. is hilarious.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also, and I think Nick Thune is a good example of this comic, uh-huh. and I like Nick Thune, he's really funny, but he would... The music was sort of tangential to the comedy. it was just sort of like literally background music yeah he like does he would that. just strum and then tell jokes and and it was funny, but i what I also found was if the jo- it was almost the equivalent of reading from a memo pad because if the joke didn't land, it didn't matter because you're just up here playing guitar man. Uh-huh. If the joke yeah. doesn't land from a memo pad, it doesn't matter because it's just something you fucking wrote down yeah, when you're yeah, eating a yeah. coffee bean. Right. <laughs> so it's a way of, like, not taking full ownership over the material. So you so you can't really bomb as a gu- guitar. You can't it's really funny. bomb as a memo. Card.
2: Morgan J. sometimes does, like, even last night, he did a bit that was very loose. It was like, it sounded like he just wrote it. He's yeah. like, there's a new bit I'm working like it on. It was
1: mostly a premise. It's yeah, just yeah,
2: mostly a premise yeah. and that he's just talking through it. Yeah. But he's so fun to watch in the way that he... Because he really sings everything he says. Yeah. He talks sings. Yeah. And that alone is entertaining. Sure. Like he could be talking about anything. It's yeah. just... he He has great timing and he's clearly very talented and it's just kind of fun to watch.
1: And so much of it is like just personally, like personal preference. So much of it... it if I'm invested in what you're saying is in your cadence, Mm. like Mm. there's a very um, memorized cadence sometimes with people who are like tired and over their jokes Mm -hmm. and I'm out. But like Morgan has an interesting cadence. That's dynamic. Anyone else on the show. So you, you're drawn to that. And then people who are like excited about wanting to tell you something, I get excited about listening to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you have when you have a, that's why storytelling as a comic has always sort of left me a little dry, mm. because I found that I would t- like one time I got arrested in New York City and I had spent 26 hours in central booking in Bed Stuy. Really? Right. And <laughs> I literally got off of the subway from the precinct. Yeah. And I got on stage old New York Times Square Laugh Factory and I told the story all the things that were going through my head for you know about how because I was in a I was in a Donna Karen suit because uh-huh. I was on a date I had like like chapstick on and I had like a frothy like soap opera <laughs> when I was doing soap opera hairdo uh-huh. so um and I just told the, all the stories of the way way how I was terrified and my interactions and um and how I try to pretend like I was drunk or crazy so people wouldn't fuck with me yeah um And I just, j- all that happened is that I jumped a turnstile. That was the thing that, oh, yeah. that got me in, in the book. So, um and I told the story that night. I remember everything I said. Yeah. But it was really a lot, and I told, it, I was like, man, what a great bit. I just did five minutes on something that just happened to me. Mm-hmm. And then the next week I did it, and, like, nobody cared because I don't think I really cared about telling the story in the same oh, way. The excited. magic was gone. So when yeah. people, t- there are people who are really good at, uh, like, Chris Gethard, for example, is a storyteller and he'll tell these long stories, I'm like, after you tell these stories twice, aren't you fucking done with it? Mm -hmm. Like, don't you, uh, why do you want to, I mean, so, like, every story I tell is some sort of, like, amalgam of five different things with some points of views attached. So, I don't know, like, do you, do I know people
1: who get, who seem to, like, get the deep enjoyment out of telling the story properly, and I think that's a very special skill that not everyone has. For sure. My friend Olin Rogers does that. He's more of a storyteller than a stand-up comedian. He'll tell you that, but uh, like people like um Brett uh, or Bert Kreischer, yeah, he's a great storyteller. Tom Segura is a great storyteller. Um, yeah, people who don't sound over it. Yeah,
0: I I guess that's just like you have to really love the story that you're telling. Yeah, and you can be willing to tell it over and over again. And of course, you have to like as a comic, you have to like throw in the the jokes in the perfect places. So it doesn't just come off as like a, a, moth piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've always like, that's always been my, my, uh, Everest is trying to tell a great long story that like my, about getting rest in Egypt, like mm-hmm. turn it into a bit, turn to a bit. I'm like, got a couple jokes. Yeah. But the story of it, I just don't have that. Is that something Well, that's that,
1: okay too. I mean, if you like, if you like, say you get like three shorter jokes out of it, yeah. If people like it, you have the whole story and you're like you have the whole memory. And the so yeah. if you could tell like people want more, you could be like, Yeah, it was crazy and then you just start reciting your memory. Start with the three jokes
2: comes. that are working and then yeah. build from there. Mm.
0: Yeah. Man. Why are we it's
1: telling you how to write jokes? but It's like the sto- <laughs> the
0: storytelling I the idea of like the long form storytelling It's just like I always look at people who do that and yeah, go, it's man, an admirable that's so thing. That's so cool, and I'm just not that guy. Yeah, you know? I hear that. So I like make, I like do a mashup mm-hmm. of like five different stories, especially when one. it
1: comes to like a special that has a through line, like a well thought out through line. Yeah, you know? like
2: what Mike Berbiglia does, yeah. I can't even fathom that. Yeah. yeah, it's really like a movie or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah, for sure, exactly. Um, and do you do stories in your in your act? I mean, I know you said when you were,
1: I mean. Uh, no, I would say I have groups of jokes about things. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, every story would be short at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Not me-
2: even stories like memories. Like mm. this happened and this was what was funny about it. Yeah. But yeah. it's not like a tale.
1: Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Tommy's also seen me about a thousand times by this. Point. But I'm in <laughs> a similar place. Like I have this
2: one thing that i'm trying to turn into a story but it's tough to work out because me trying to work it out means like let's say i'm doing a show or an open mic that's the full set Mm -hmm. like that's a big commitment like five seven minutes
1: and if it doesn't work that's the whole set that's bombed yeah but like you go up like you work on that weekly thing and then you have one or two of your own shows yeah so it's like what are you using that time for if it's not like
0: why would you not at eleven right.
1: o'clock on a fucking Tuesday, why would you not just like tell that five-minute yeah. story? Yeah, no, that's, if you a, get that's an excellent point. To those three people. So
0: here's the yeah. thing: I think I'm want to get to about the story thing is I feel like I want to tell a point of view, mm-hmm. right? And the point of view is either the point of view I'm s- telling is like look at the crazy world around me that I'm dealing with, or look at what society tells us about things and race and sex and da da da, mm-hmm. and look at how I'm a victim of all this (laughs) (laughs) this bullshit Um, or look how stupid I was in this event. And I, and I feel like, but I want to impart a story. Like I believe this, Mm -hmm. Mm. I believe this. Like when I do the vegan thing, what I'm saying is I believe that um, a lot of shit's ridiculous and that uh, some of far left liberal culture can be overblown and ridiculous and that white women are fucking up America. <laughs> 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 I said that years before Bill Burr did. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want everyone who saw me go, remember when I said white women? Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> I. I, I but, but it's a point of view, right? Mm-hmm. So when I have a story, like, well, what is the point of view of the story? Because the story isn't really about a point of view. It's about a story. Mm-hmm. About a, you hmm. know what I mean? So I guess the story for me is like, I want to impart something I believe via a story. And then it starts veering into TED Talk territory.
1: No, but that's the, like, I think it is the Billy Crystal thing. He said, like, leave a tip or whatever. Like, always leave a piece of yourself or let them know. I think that was a Billy Crystal thing. Yeah, yeah. He said a lot of stuff. <laughs> that <laughs> guy. God, William, that dude William was, William was a Crystal. talker. Okay? Now you're, you're no. And
0: your wife doesn't do stand-up at all?
1: No, she's a hairdresser.
0: Does she help you with your stand-up ever? Does she I'll
1: ask her if shit's funny because she's very honest. Yeah. Yeah. She'll tell me if something's look, funny. No. She does it all the time. <laughs> all the time. So much stuff would have been... She saved me a lot of time on stage. Oh, really? Not you th- th- so stuff.
0: her instincts are right on, you think? For Yes. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. It's great to have sure. someone not in the business who actually completely gets it, too. Yes. Plus, yeah. she knows your voice really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And she'll tell me, like, she's the best... She has some kind of fucking magical power. Back when I used to get, like, nervous about shows, I'd be like, what do I even do tonight? I'm not... I don't even know what to do and she's like just do like this and this and then you'll do whatever in between and she'll just say like two of her favorite jokes at the time mm. and they were always whenever i got nervous and diverted from that path uh-huh. i would bomb and whenever i was like okay she said start with this and end with this and do whatever in the middle those were always good shows yeah. wow so she has very good instincts
0: now, as a married man, I mean, must some of your comedy must revolve around marriage, right? Oh, for
1: sure. I have a lot of jokes about
0: her. Um, you have a lot of jokes about her? Yeah. Have there any been jokes about her that you were like, uh, I don't know what she's going to think about this? or uh, Because if if it's just about how you're happily married and how your wife is your best friend mm-hmm. and that's all. I mean, I feel like a lot of <laughs> comics too, as a precursor, I love my wife. I love being married. She's my best friend. But. But. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you had mom, I I'll tell you real quick maybe this will help you think about something but I did a I had a girlfriend I lived with and when she lived with me she had lost the lease and her apartment was up and I said why don't you crash with me for a few weeks until you get things sorted out and then she ended up living with me for three years oh wow so the joke was and this is a visual joke I go I go it's actually kind of a cute story about how me and my girlfriend like ended up living together and I went <laughs> me, me, me as a talking hand the girl I was uh-huh. like what's wrong babe me me, me. oh you lost Lisa <laughs> and me 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 i want you to stay with me for a couple weeks until you get things sorted out <laughs> i did like an <laughs> alien hand on my on my face like, you know oh, and actually shit. i used to do i used to go, oh, and i would fall backwards onto my back uh-huh this is when i was this all about this is why your back's th- fucked up <laughs> you're probably right probably not <laughs> not. but it was like that was like my thing i would do like the gym carry like straight back no hands, just fall right onto your shoulders, fall. Oh, wow. And that was like my big, and I remember I did a show at John Lovitz when he has a Wednesday show here, and when I went to Greenblatt's sex store with my girlfriend, he was there, I was like, so, do you see that bit your boyfriend does? Is that the worst John Lovitz ever? No, it's not bad. she's <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, it doesn't piss you off? <laughs> 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 and and I remember it. it did, like, piss her off a little bit. But she would laugh, but I think deep down. So, I don't know, is... That must be something you have to, like, navigate all the time. She
1: thinks all of it's funny, and I think it's because um, I always kind of give her the the win at the end. Yes. Mm. You know, like, she always – I legitimately think that she is a better person than me. That's part of my belief. Yeah. You know, so if – if all this sh- comedy comes from truth, then that is what's going to come out at the end. I thought I legitimately feel like she's a better person than I am.
0: I believe that Bill Burr feels that, too, about his wife. About my wife. <laughs> about <laughs> <you>. <laughs> but like I, when I listen to Bill Burr, I feel like he thinks his wife is more evolved and definitely more emotionally evolved. So I right. never feel like anything he says about her... Is really – yeah, exactly. Because
1: you know that she's the good one. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) the idiot in the situation. So this is the idiot talking about the good one. Yes. And that's kind of the – Right. You know? Like I have all those jokes about she doesn't like what I wear. She doesn't like what I look like, blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's like you put yourself in the very clear position
0: first. Yeah, yeah. And when you were single, do you have any good single jokes you can give us that you don't need anymore? (laughs) (laughs) What was your first no, joke? You
1: your- don't want any jokes of mine I came <laughs> up with before I met Zoya, or before fucking, like, what year is it? I would say anything three years ago and before, <laughs> you don't want any.
0: <laughs> Do you remember the first joke that you said, or that you did, where you thought, like, it was a turn of phrase, wherever the joke is, like, now I really came up with a great joke like
1: a real good one or one that like i thought when you was felt
0: good. like it, it could be it could be either one like i remember i just heard this joke this female comic said like a joke where you go man i'm glad a feeble comic said this joke is like you know they tell you um when you're getting if someone's getting raped to yell fire because mm-hmm. yell rape people won't come you yell fire people will actually come right um he goes and now 2019 uh when you get fired, you yell rape.
1: Oh, wow. And look,
0: that is a great, I can't say that joke, obviously, but as a female comic stand joke, like, what a great, like, turn of phrase. Uh-huh. Right. And I i feel like I've had a few of those in a very hacky way, but in 2005, f- like, my first year when I came up, hey, girl, once you go white, your vagina stays tight. <laughs> and once you go pale, you never have to post bail. And I would, like, high-five, like, a white guy. Uh-huh. Um, like, th- that was like, oh, this is something that's mine. It's a turn of phrase, it's a quick rhyme and it will always work 100% of the time. Yeah. That's a bad example of like <laughs> a good joke, but do, do you remember the first jokes that you told there where you some, felt?
1: Yeah. I have one that I that I by my standards now is like a hacky thing, but I did it all the time. I'll still do it like in jest. Yeah. Just because it always works. That's kind of like my once you go white yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Uh the dog joke. This is my first laugh factory tape. I think uh, I used to I had one dog in my life. We named him dad because he used to run away all the time. <laughs> and then I say, that's just a joke. We named him. Uh, what is it? Oh, we named him dad because he was fucking a bunch of other bitches in the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's stupid. My dad wasn't like that at all. <laughs> I just think it's a funny thing to say. Yeah. And uh, but it works every single Every, Every single, single time. time for years. <laughs> Every
0: single time, yeah, it's a good joke. Tommy, what about you? What's your, what's your first joke where you're like, <coughs> "I got somebody that will that you know"?
2: I mean, I have this one joke that I still tell sometimes. That's very silly. I'm basically talking about this kid at my high school, or back in school with me, who who pooped his pants. Mm-hmm. So everybody started calling him Big Dookie, <laughs> <laughs> because like it's a small town, so everybody in town knows your nickname and it just yeah. sticks with you for the whole time you can't escape it no and then I go uh, dookie, yeah. I go graduated middle school Big Dookie made the varsity football team Big Dookie Spanish club El Dookie Grande <laughs> <laughs> and that always gets a laugh just because everyone remembers like that's how kids <laughs> would bully people is like even in Spanish club they just use the class <laughs> as a new tool <laughs> to reinforce the b- that that name so yeah, um, yeah. 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 oh that's great don't that's stop that. doing that okay. yeah, yeah, don't stop doing that
0: one. it's not that's not hacky at all. It's It's, funny. it's very, got the very silly. rule of three going on. I talk about mm-hmm. poop a lot. I can't talk about
2: poop before or after that joke because otherwise it's like, this dude is this a poop comic. He's got some problems. He he got, a, <laughs> he's got a fucking he must poop must have, comic.
0: have or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, so right now you're doing, you're running how many shows? How many shows are you producing and I running? I don't know, man. A bunch. Yeah. What is it? What's what's fueling you? What's motivating you? What's getting you up every the, day to do this? The
1: Friends and Friends uh, crowd work show is yeah. my favorite. So when I was in Connecticut, I would watch the Laugh Factory YouTube all the time, uh, mainly because I was checking up on what Santino was doing. And then when I would make trips over there, I would come to the Laugh Factory and I would, I would look these people up afterwards, you know. So I would watch everyone's videos and I did that like every night after this either photo or video work or YouTube or whatever. Um, and I was like... Years before I moved here, I was like, dude, if I could like get up on that, like that's making it is being up on that stage. And now when I moved here, we started the Friends of Friends crowd show in the back of a coffee shop. And uh, it's kind of evolved to the point where it's now kind of a monthly thing at the Laugh Factory where I was watching all those, you know, whatever and having this great admiration for this place. So that is insane. And I, th- I think it's crazy. I just think that's crazy. And yeah. then I do a variation of it at th- the fucking the improv. Um that's kind of inventive where it's in the center of the room and the audience is is sat around. Um and just those are the two of the most iconic places for comedy in the world. Yeah. And I have this like stupid crowd work show there. So Yeah, you have that uh, it's, it's called
2: In the Round. You could almost yeah. say that uh the show has come full circle oh god oh. And, and i'm gonna leave oh and you know so what? has <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> podcast come full circle
1: <laughs> i hate that it that it it works so well
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: made me unhappy
0: <clears throat> <coughs> yeah um so what 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 is what is what's next for you man what's the, what's the big the, the bigger play because you definitely are a hustler and you're you have good relationships you have a great reputation you're very mm-hmm. funny um So I look at someone like you who also creates content and sort of produces your own content as someone who could be much better than a comic. No, but in the sense that like (laughs) cool people should run studios, cool people should have production companies, you know, uh, do you have any aspirations
1: aspirations like that? No, I want to be I think I always I want to be what what i saw those guys as when i came out here like i want to be the guy who you know if you're planning a trip to la will be up somewhere for 15 minutes every night you can go see this guy
0: well there's a helicopter right now that's about to land on us
1: more like a heckle copter (laughs) am i right you guys why does it keep getting louder (laughs) Lindsay Lohan's on the run again. Um, but I want to be stand-up until I'm old guy, you know, and I want to get really good at this, and I, I think one of the ways to position yourself where you can do it forever is to have some kind of credit where you're the guy from the thing. So you're the guy for the thing. I, I guess I would like to do something. Acting really isn't my, I don't know, I don't have a passion for it. I'll do it. I, I would love to have fun and be a guy in a thing, but I don't have the passion for. Yeah, acting. you don't want
0: to g- saddle up and go to the audition round, take classes and all that bullshit. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I guess I respect it as much as I respect any other thing. Like, if you're going to be good, you know, you, like you fucking put all this work into acting, I'm not going to roll up and just think that I can.
0: I really respect comic. Like, Joe Rogan's like that. He's like, I think acting's, you know, stupid and I have no interest in it. But I didn't
1: say it was stupid. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And also some people who actually know Joe Rogan's like, you know, Joe Rogan was actually auditioning for a while and not getting parts. I was like, fuck this, you know. Oh, wow. But it didn't seem like that because everything he touches turns to fucking gold. When
1: you could do when you can make as much money as he's making just by being yourself. It's like, why would you ever want to act as anybody else? (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Because, yeah, I think actors hate themselves (laughs) more (laughs) more than comics. Really? Yeah, Hmm. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because as an actor, it's like your personality doesn't fucking matter. It's right. the personality that you can create. And if you spend all your time trying to create a different personality that isn't yourself, yeah. who the fuck are you? Like, You know what I mean? Actors are, are on a lot. You know, like, uh, oh, I was talking
1: about this today to Kyle. Sometimes uh, I think comedians, good comedians will see through somebody being bullshit faster than anybody else because comedians have a great sense of self and they're always trying to get to like the truth of stuff Mm. so if someone's being bullshit to you or Hollywood or too much to you I think really good comedians see through that fast Yeah. yeah and I think that's why like Jesus is friends with the people that he's friends with and all the good comedians usually don't waste their time with like bullshit people yeah And I think that that's a great skill. Yeah. And I I find that I could get to a more real, genuine place with other comedians faster than I can with actors.
0: I think part of it also with actors because your physical look is such a huge part of your career. Uh Right. So it lends itself to a lot more fake bullshit. In authenticity, you know what i mean because you're like everyone's getting the tans and the fucking perfect and like yeah. solo fi- comparisons like if you're a ripped tan comic with perfect teeth like doesn't really make you funnier
2: right you know if I you're a certain know. look as an actor you almost want to play into that with your actual personality that you yeah. use I mean on a day-to-day basis so that people l- think like you're that. if you
0: watch you netflix for example and you really just stop and think about and like what Everyone in Netflix is so fucking good looking. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. I mean, the Ugly Friend is like literally hotter than anyone I've ever dated. Yeah,
1: dude, that's why I, that's why I watch the Great British Bake Off because oh. once in a while there'll be an going no, on. No, but, but,
0: but, but <laughs> British shows and British procedurals like murder mystery British <laughs> shows. Yeah. Teeth are fucking everywhere. They're going that's left, great. right, center. The way God made. People you. are fat. No one has makeup on. Hell yeah. It's great. And the acting's amazing. Yeah. And then you look at these Netflix shows where they have their little darlings that they keep trying to stuff down their throat with a chimney sweep's brush. I mean, that's great.
1: That's great that everybody has a job. Everyone deserves to have a job. But, like, I get sick of. I got sick of music for a while because everything sounds perfect. Oh, like yeah. I'm like, let me go back to like listening to kind of shitty bands. Like find <laughs> something that you like about a shitty band. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything is like super produced and everyone looks perfect. It's like you want a little like reality, like grunge. Yeah. And even the reality shows are. It's a common knowledge thing that everything is scripted. Everything scripted. Yeah. You know, it's like fuck something up a little bit. Yeah. That's nice. That yeah. that is funny.
2: Like even. I've been listening to like that old 90s punk bands a lot. Yeah. And a lot of it is like the singing isn't good. Yeah. The yeah, guitar yeah. playing is pretty basic. Yeah. But like so much of music now is like all auto tune and super produced stuff off of a website. Mm-hmm. And there's something so authentic about the old shit. Yeah. That just isn't getting communicated anymore. So you
1: could tell like that's what they wanted to do. And yeah. they thought that sound good. And that's like their own unique. Once you auto tune something. And, like, I've done it, and it makes things sound like a different thing. Right. And that's fine. It has its place. But once you do that, it's like, okay, that's the perfect note. It's not, you know, a singer straining for a note. or It just all becomes th- the same thing. I think you comedy
2: know? has uh, changed my taste to where I really want to connect with, like, the real thing. Yeah. Or, like, w- something authentic. Mm-hmm. And I that is almost... Uh, carried over into music a bit too
0: yeah 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 that makes sense yeah so what do you want to say to any advice to give the young kids fellow zone nope. nope any any advice to us to, to keep a relationship not going tits up in a ditch <laughs> i don't know man it's Just hard to be find. a better person than you are bill that's all
1: Jesus. like the person do you got to find someone that like is okay by themselves
0: yes you mm-hmm. know,
1: who doesn't necessarily want anything to do with you <laughs> at first, <laughs> that's that's funny. like would be totally fine if they never met you. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what <laughs> that's I, that's <laughs> I think. That's hilarious. That's
0: great advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, anything you want to plug coming up? I mean, just your, just your YouTube is,
1: yeah, I have a YouTube. It's Mike Falzone and, uh, same thing on all the social Instagram. media. It's just Mike Falzone.
0: Mike, thank you so much for coming back after the, the, uh, first podcast where we, we had like a loose kind Did of Did you way. ever release that? No, because I had this idea that, hey, it's gonna be in my yard. People are drinking and smoking and people yeah. are gonna come and go and it's gonna be tag teamy and people would just show up and when you were doing, I don't name the name of the the woman, but you were in the middle. I forgot what you're you're about to say to me, <laughs> like literally, you, like you leaned. It was like a you leaned forward in your chair, like, well, here's what gets interesting. And I forgot <laughs> what it was, but it was something like it was getting really deep, or you're deep into your your personal story, and right then, she's like, oh my god, bip you know? And just, uh, oh and wow! Then, and then she just sat down, is she, but and she, she then
1: talking. she told the uh, the Kramer story. She Told right. the Kramer story. When yeah. I don't know who it is. <laughs> were That's you there? Funny.
2: Um, I was. Yeah, that episode almost changed the format of the podcast a little bit, where we were like, "All right, this doesn't totally work like this." Yeah, uh-huh.
0: I had this idea, I was like, my podcast will be different because I'm doing this thing that's stupid,
2: like in and out.
1: I was like, I didn't think it was bad or good. I was just like, I wonder if they're gonna release that story. I, that's I, all I was thinking of the whole time.
0: You know, what it, you know what? Was, when that was, I think we f- released just the story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we
2: cut yes. it out.
1: It How it do? Did it do well? I don't I mean, remember. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't really we haven't really done anything to promote this it's thing but anyway. <laughs> but I feel like that when the podcast was like that, it was sort of like it's like someone's going around like jerking people off and right when they're about to come, they like walk away. Mm-hmm. So this is a bunch of like half-hard dicks like when am I going to come? So nothing ever like came <laughs> to fruition. That's the first rule of podcasting. You got to make everyone come. <laughs> you got to have a money shot at yeah, the end Everyone knows that. <laughs> anyway, Mike, thank you so much. You're awesome, dude. Thanks and uh, me, check man. him out on He's all these platforms. said those a lot platforms. of nice things
1: about me, and I appreciate it. You're a good dude, man.
0: I like you, man. All right. Signing off. Bye.